It's that time of the year. We are coming up towards the end of the year. And before we talk about the topic for today, I just want to thank everybody for listening to The Evolved Man this year. This has been our biggest year yet. And as we continue to grow, I want to thank you, all of our listeners, for taking the time to spend with us. I am grateful for all of you, grateful for the time that you put into it, and also grateful for those of you that are taking what you're learning from our great guests and from the topics that we're covering, putting them to use in your life and are seeing some evolution in your own personal life. Now, today's topic is about goals and resolutions. And while I don't want this to just be focused on New Year's resolutions, I thought it was an appropriate time to bring it up. Now, while the timing is such that we are getting towards that time where most people in America will sit down and jot down either uh, on a scribble of paper or in your planner um, or maybe just in your mind, a couple of resolutions or maybe more that you want to accomplish in the new year, we're all at a stage of life throughout the year where we have need for goal setting. And so today, I want to discuss the importance of not only goal setting, but how your emotional intelligence may just be the secret weapon that you've been looking for relative to your New Year's resolutions and accomplishing the goals that you want. Welcome to The Evolved Man, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern man. The Evolved Man is for men like you who are willing to be strong, open, and aggressive learners. Men who are not afraid to disrupt and change. It's time we ditch the current conventional idea that we devolve with age, that the dad bod is our destiny, and that the glory days are behind us. Your best isn't behind you, and I'm here to provide you with practical tools, a few tips and tricks, and everyday wisdom to help you evolve into your highest form. Strong, lean, smart, educated, and emotionally intelligent. Now, let's go to war. Welcome back to The Evolved Man, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern men. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the easiest and best way that you can help us to continue to get the reach and help us to grow the podcast is whatever podcast app you are listening to us on, hopefully it's Spotify or iTunes, just take 30 seconds or less, give us a rating and review, it helps us to get more reach. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends. Uh, Hey, everybody, I have been spending a lot more time on LinkedIn as well. Uh, LinkedIn is my preferred social media platform right now. Uh, I am on X. I am on Instagram. I am pretty much everywhere, but LinkedIn is the space where I'm playing the most. And so if you want to follow and have more discussions beyond the podcast, Follow me at Steve Cutler with an underscore at the end on all social platforms, but uh, jump onto LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you on there. Today's episode number 154 is why emotional intelligence plays more into your goals and resolutions than you may realize. You are at a current state where maybe you've put on some extra fat and have over time lost some muscle. 
Maybe you become less active and you might find that this overly fat and less strong and maybe even less mobile body is one that you're not comfortable with, one that you don't want to sit in as you go into the new year. Well, as you progressively become larger, weaker, and you move with more pain than you did 10 or 15 years ago, you realize that it didn't happen all at once. You see, most of us wake up one day, we look in the mirror, and we realize that what is staring back at us is not something that we are comfortable with. It happened all at once, you may tell yourself, and all of a sudden, you just don't like the way that you look. But the reality is, it's been going on for quite some time. When you look back at previous photos and you notice that you have a puffy face, maybe a double chin and or your overall physique has gone from being in shape to a shape, you're like many people in America, and you may even be looking forward to the new year and all the motivation that it brings. This is the year that you're going to get in great shape, you tell yourself. This is going to be my year, my best year. How many times have you said that to yourself or you've heard others saying that? But how many times have you said that and then gone forward another 12 months and found yourself saying the same thing because last year wasn't necessarily your year? Recent statistics reported in Forbes show that only about 8% of respondents kept resolutions for a month. And the sad truth is that only 1% made it to the 12-month mark. While we love the idea of the magical new year, or the magic pill, or the magic poke in the arm that will make us look exactly the way we want to, those things just don't exist. Or, if they do exist, they exact a significant cost in the long run. So let's face it, you didn't gain weight overnight, and the idea that you're going to get back in shape quickly is a major fallacy that many work from. So how do we create a solution that is going to be something that will lead you towards a strong evolution? Far too many people, when they realize and come to an awakeness or an awareness of their current state, they say, it's time to get into better shape. It's time to make the change. It's time to move into a different stage or a different phase of life. And so how do I do that? I'm going to apply principles. I'm going to apply a plan that I used before. Well, you know the saying that doing the same things over and over again is a great recipe for insanity or for failure. And what you did last time is not going to work this time. In fact, what you did last time, if you did the typical crash diet or work extra hard and you'd lost the 10 or 15 pounds, or maybe you're getting the stab in the arm from your doctor to take the drug that helps you to lose weight because it makes you eat less. But what's happening is you're dropping body fat and you're dropping muscle. And that strategy is going to make you heavier over time. And not the good heavier where you're building lean muscle tissue, but the heavier where your decreased metabolism has increased the amount of fat that you're putting on. So what is the strategy? Well, today I want to talk a little bit about how emotional intelligence is probably the magic pill that you're looking for. So let's face it. You didn't gain weight overnight, and the idea that you're going to lose that weight and get back into shape 
is the major fallacy that is keeping you in the cycle, in the repeat. Lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. How do we break that cycle? Let's start with what I call the Janus Principle. The Janus Principle can help you create a strategy that leans into lasting evolution through improving your overall emotional intelligence. Now, let's start by looking at who Janus was. In Roman mythology, Janus was a god of gates and doors, ever looking two ways. To the past and the future, Janus was the god of transition. So what is the Janus principle and how do you use it in your fat loss journey? Well, first look at your past. Your current body, the way that you show up right now, is an amalgamation of your previous beliefs and habits. I deserve this. I'm going to reward myself. I'm not genetically gifted. I'm built different. I have a slow metabolism. It's my age. Whatever your previous beliefs or habits were have given you the body that you have now. The beliefs, the habits, when examined, can be instructive in many ways. For our purposes today, we're going to discuss how previous beliefs and habits give insight into gaps to our overall emotional maturity and our awareness. Let's take a look at a common mental model that damns you from evolving and keeps you stuck where you're currently at. The mental model that we're referring to is the all or nothing thinking. I ate that cookie, so I have ruined my diet. I had that piece of cake, and so all bets are off. You see, all or nothing thinking is a very low EQ or emotional intelligence scaled thinking for several reasons. Number one, it takes into account, or excuse me, it takes a significant amount of cognitive dissonance to go into all or nothing thinking. We literally have to shut off our reason and only go into the despondent emotion to tap into this damning thought process. Number two, all or nothing thinking is a quick trigger to emotional hijacking. All one way or all the other means that you don't have a dimmer switch relative to your emotions good or bad, on or off. You see, children do that. Emotionally immature people think like that. Unintelligent people lean this way too. Finally, all or nothing thinking is low EQ scale uh, think, level of thinking because it requires no vocabulary and no nuance. Several years ago, we used to laugh when my nephew would speak like a caveman. Me want this. Me want that. It was cute, funny, and gave us all a laugh. But unfortunately, as we age, many of us take this level of expression. We dress it up in a suit or a tuxedo, or maybe we put a fancy dress on it, and we call it determination or hard work. It's not. Talk to any all-or-nothing person, and you will find someone who has a very low vocabulary to describe their feelings, sensations, and emotions that are coursing through them. Very often, the vocabulary of a determined hard worker sounds much like my nephew. Me sad. Me want cake. Me stressed. Me want beer. Me feel bad from too much work. Me deserve to treat me. 
this level of thinking works for kids. But as we age, our maturity, the expansion of our, of our vocabulary in the nuanced way of both understanding how we think and how we feel probably could expand as well. Now back to Janice. Look into the past, you can see your patterns. The weight gain during the closeout of the books, or maybe the excessive consumption of sugar during tax season. You see, those things are pretty predictable. The extra motivation at the beginning of the year, again, pretty predictable. The anger, embarrassment, or frustration around your birthday, or when you are heading to the beach vacation and you don't want to take your shirt off, yeah, you guessed it, very predictable. You see, once you identify the patterns, you can understand where your gaps are and start to prepare for the future. Fat loss, muscle gain, and living an overall healthy life it has less to do about the food and movement and more to do with the mental and emotional programming that you currently have. Now on to the second phase. The second phase of Janus looks to the future with one purpose, and that is to prevent pitfall from being repeated. Now, years ago, I came to a realization that if I eat carbohydrates and sugar first, depending on my current state, it could be an all bets off, I'm going all in binge. So if I've been stressed, if it's been a long day, if I'm tired, if my willpower is low because I have low energy and I go towards the treat, that's a trigger that could me, lead me down to this beautiful binging of brownies or whatever else is around. Now, understanding this from my past helps to educate my future. Let's face it. You don't fail at your goals because you don't have access to the right equipment or the right food. You fail because you have not changed your internal programming relative to your EQ. So what is EQ? Let's dive into it before we go any further. To keep it simple, we're going to start with the four-quadrant model used by Travis Bradbury and Gene Graves in their book, EQ 2.0. While there are many other wonderful books that are more nuanced on this subject, I've found that this book is the best starting point. The four quadrants are as follows. Quadrant number one is self-awareness. In the self-awareness quadrant, this is where you have the ability to understand the feelings, emotions, and sensations that you feel in your body, and that you can recognize what it is that you are feeling in all situations. Number two is social awareness. Social awareness is essentially understanding the relationship dynamics. As you walk into a grocery store, you enter a bar, or you go to that party, or you're simply walking into the workplace and interacting with others, being aware of the social dynamics, picking up on the cues from other people, is where social awareness comes into, or where we look at the social awareness quadrant. The third quadrant is self-mastery. Once you've developed self-awareness, you can start to work through self-mastery. Now, because I'm aware of my triggering of sugar and carbohydrates 
when I'm tired, when I'm sad, when I'm lonely, or when it's dark and gloomy outside and I'm just feeling a day of depression. I understand that my self-management needs to be different on those particular days. And so I have strategies to address those. You see, the quadrant of self-management is having a tool bank, uh, excuse me, having a toolbox or a bank of strategies, tactics, and ideas that you can utilize in order to manage yourself. Finally, the fourth quadrant is relationship management. Now, relationship management has nothing to do with controlling another person. It has simply to do with understanding how relationships, healthy relationships work. What are the boundaries and the barriers? What are the things that we need to be aware of? And how do we manage that relationship? The highs, the lows, the happiness, the sadness, the challenges, the fights, the arguments, and the hopefully ever-present apologies and making up. Now, as a side note, we won't go deep into this topic in this episode, but it's been said that a strong sense of humor is one of the most emotionally intelligent skills that you can develop. Great humor is intellectual in nature, and it helps to put things into perspective. For instance, when someone tried to tell me not long ago that I needed to pay several thousands of dollars for a special supplement that came from a remote island in the world where everyone was healthy and lived longer, I laughed. They got angry and I laughed more. You see, the idea that somehow we missed this island and this specific chemical in this specific fruit and that you have now isolated it as the thing to cure all of my ailments, <laughs> yeah, that's called quackery. So now that we understand what these four quadrants of emotional intelligence are, how do we utilize them and how do we tie this into the Janus principle? What steps can we take? Well, first, ask yourself where you want to be 10 years from now. In his seminal work, um, uh, Dr. Maltz uh, wrote in Psycho-Cybernetics that our ability to clearly envision what our future is sets up the programming for the subconscious mind. And so if you ask yourself, where do you want to be 10 years from now? How do you want to look? How do you want to feel? How do you want to interact with the world? It creates a clear picture that you can then work from. Your subconscious mind can start to get to work on solving the problem of where you're currently at and helping you to bridge the gap to get to where you want to be 10 years from now. Now, if 10 years from now, you want to be lean, fit, strong, and running on the beach or jumping from cliffs or riding a bike, traveling the world, or you simply want to be able to put 100 pounds over your head because you, it sounds cool, whatever that is, starting now and making small decisions that will get you there help to cut past all of the shortcut ways that you are, have done it before. Taking this approach forces you to think beyond the childish, give it to me now mentality. Simple step number two, look backwards. Use the Janus principle by looking at what you have failed at, but also start looking through the lens of your thoughts and emotions. Specifically ask, what thoughts are limiting me 
from moving forward? What are my emotional gaps? Do I lack self-awareness? Do I eat more in social settings because of a perceived social anxiety? Whatever it is, make the list. As I mentioned before in my personal example, as I looked back, I realized that I had a tie to sugar and carbohydrates that went way back to my childhood. Once I understood intellectually what was happening there, I understood that while I have overcome the emotional tie to that, the chemical trigger can still be there. Looking backwards, I have gotten to a point where emotionally I feel no pull to eating sugar and carbohydrates as a defiance towards things that happened in my childhood. And now it's simply a chemical pull to eating things that I like. Looking back educates. Looking back helps you to identify what it is that's keeping you from moving forward. Are there thoughts? Are there emotions that you're looping? Are there beliefs that you're hanging on to that are limiting you? And asking the question of, well, what if I believed something else can be one of the most powerful things that you can do for your life? Third, I recommend buying the book EQ 2.0. I think the last time I looked it up, it was about 20 bucks on Amazon or anywhere else that you can find it. And it'll take you about five minutes or less to open up the book, tear open the back, scratch off the little code, and take the EQ assessment online. If you never read a page in the book and you only read your assessment that gets pumped out to you, you now have some of the most valuable insights into your overall growth and development. You see, once you take the assessment and you get your results back, it also gives you a few steps that you can take to improve in each one of those four quadrants, and it helps you to prioritize based on what you are weakest at right now. Step four, start small. Pick one thing that you're going to be better at next month. Don't put it off until after the holiday. What you choose, you can start now. For instance, your habit could be to drink a massive cup of water before you eat and then wait five minutes for the stretch of the stomach to calibrate how hungry you actually are. Oftentimes we eat because we are emotionally drained or we are mentally spent. A habit like this helps us to reconnect with our body and understand what is it that the body needs before we start to put food inside of it? Or you could simply start a journal of what and why. What did I eat and why? Awareness around what you put into your mouth is a great first step towards empowerment. For instance, right before this episode, I ate six ounces of tuna because I just finished a strength workout. And I did it. Why? Because I wanted to maximize my protein uptake. The other reason why I ate the tuna was because it was simple. I ate it because it was convenient. My wife had mixed up a massive bowl with some of our favorite olive oil mayonnaise and chopped up some pickles, put some sea salt and some crushed up black pepper in there. I love the taste of it. I love the convenience. And because she made this yesterday and it was sitting in the refrigerator, I looked at it and thought, I'm tired. I don't want to lean into any decision fatigue. And so I got the protein in, and I minimized my decision fatigue. What did I do? I ate the tuna. Why? For the reasons I just described. 
Step number five, finally, create a hedge plan. A great financial investing plan has bets in certain markets and sectors and bets in others that act as a hedge or protection against the downturn in the markets that you're currently invested in. As the god Janus looked forward, he was consistently looking for the pitfalls that could be repeated from the past. Now, back to my initial story. I know that I have a tendency to overcome sugars and thus eating more if I consume them first. So, if I eat more, I'm not going to feel great. I know this. So, as I look to the future, I have plans, I have strategies, and I have tactics that can combat this tendency to downslide on this sugar. I start out by drinking water. After I drink water, I eat my protein. With my protein, I get fibrous vegetables, and then I wait for a moment. As the water, the protein, and the fiber, the things that are going to nourish me the best, get into my body, I then pause and say, now what do I want? Through doing this healthy habit and this healthy behavior, I am now emotionally aware of what's happening inside of me and I've also put protein, fiber, and water inside of my body that help to recalibrate my brain and recalibrate my emotions. And so I make a decision based on what feels best from the carbohydrates or for the carbohydrates from there. Now, I've been a goal setter and a planner for as long as I can remember. Over the years, I've had several strategies that I've tried relative to setting and achieving my goals. A few years back, I found a stack of my Moleskine journals where I re record my goals and I take action towards them. I found a startling truth as I found these journals and I looked back. Each year, I would set anywhere between three and seven goals. I can't remember what the most audacious uh, year was, but I think it was well beyond seven. But I set many, many goals and resolutions on average between three to seven every year. No matter what happened each year, as I went back and reviewed and ticked off what did I achieve, I achieved about one to two major goals per year. That historical look gave me a Janus point. I knew that if I wanted long-term evolution, I needed to start with one, maybe two goals at the most, because goals are kind of like arms. If you have more than two, you look kind of funny. And I worked on that goal until I achieved it and then moved on to the next. Throughout the process of achieving, I found that if I focused on one or two points of mastery along the way, I saw progress towards my goal and actually enjoyed moving forward. You see, those one or two points of mastery could be something as simple as I'm going to improve my bench press this year. And by improving the technique of my bench press, I'm going to get stronger. And as I get stronger in my bench press, it will help me in many other areas of life. It will help me to get stronger, more muscle, keep me motivated towards going to the gym, yada, 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 as they say. So where do you go from here? Well, I'd love for you to join me. Join me in setting a strong goal for the new year. Start by following these simple steps. What is it that you want to accomplish in the next year, and how does that tie to what your 10-year goal really is? So pick one and focus on it until you achieve it. I'd also love for you to send me a message. Shoot me a message on LinkedIn, Instagram, or wherever else you are. 
hit me up on X or find another way to message me and tell me what you're working on. Uh, working on. I want to support you. As I said, LinkedIn is where I'm spending the most of the time. So feel free to hit me up there and I'll probably get back to you faster. I'd love to hear what you're working on and what progress you're making towards your goal. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, evolution not only takes time, but it also takes a tribe. Every time I look back at any growth or progression or level up in evolution that I have, it's always been tied to partnership, help, coaching, however you want to define it, from either one person or many. So let me help you. Reach out to me. Share your wins. I'd love to hear what you're working on, why that's important to you, and love to see how we can support you. And on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up an ep another episode of The Evolved Man. I am Steve Cutler reminding you that it takes time and consistency to evolve, but first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of The Evolved Man. If you're learning from and gaining value from this podcast, please subscribe to The Evolved Man newsletter, where I can support you even more in your personal evolution. I want to help you reverse engineer your success. The Evolved Man newsletter is like getting a free coaching session to keep you moving forward on your path of personal success. Go to the evolvedmanpodcast.com to sign up today. If you found value in this episode, you can give us up to a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share it with your network. That's the best way to support the podcast so we can continue to get great guests and provide you with the best wisdom for your daily life. Until next time, keep evolving.